We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to KidFlix, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids, so turn this off and use your imagination. <laughs> that's it. That's the entire intro for today. Um, my <laughs> guests... Yeah, that's right. I use plural. It's been a while since I had two people on simultaneously, but... Uh, actually, no, it, that was two episodes ago. Never mind. But anyway, um, <laughs> my guests today, uh, they are the host of the Rotten Treasures podcast. Um, it's Jimmy O'Donnell and returning Kai Bobby. Hello. Hey, you two. Hello. Welcome back you, and welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ooh, which one gets which? Ooh, that's for you. Um, so I want to bring up, so we initially were going to choose a different movie i do not remember what movie that was but i remember it, it was obscure and like a real like boy movie and i was like what is this <laughs> it's a, a jonathan taylor uh thomas like classic tom and huck uh, a fun twist on the huckleberry finn and tom sawyer tales uh fun is a w- weird term to use for what that sounds like yeah um <laughs> but Fair. So, t- but you you both were very uh amenable um i was having a rough week last week and we were trying to coordinate this and i and i said i'm about to watch saving mr banks are you two down with that and luckily you agreed and uh 10 minutes into this movie i texted both of you "Uh oh this might not be a kid's movie (laughs) (laughs) but uh this is this is now weirdly the third movie about or related to mr mary poppins not mr poppins mary poppins that we've done uh, on KidFlix. So do do either of you have like any sort of relationship or fond memories of like the Mary Poppins movies or books even? My mom really loves the movie. That's about it. I we I watched it a bunch as a kid. I don't remember it. I'll be honest. I saw a play one time and I think most of my memory is actually of the play of Mary Poppins. Wow. So you're, so when you think of Mary Poppins you're not like wow, Julie Andrews, you're like Ah, uh, local uh, Secaucus, New Jersey company player, Geraldine Thompson. I think worse. I think it was like Paul the Sixth High School. Uh, <laughs> ah, okay. 16-year-old girl. Well, I'm sure she did a great job. I'm sure they put uh, crow's feet on her eyes to signify that she was not in high school, and that's all that they did to make her look older. Um <laughs> I doubt uh, even that. <laughs> uh, what about you, Kai? Uh, do you have any relationship with MP, as I like so to call her? The exact, like, copy and paste Jim, but New Hampshire, and same... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> we're the same person. It's... Yeah, no, I have seen it a couple times when I was a kid. Like, Mary Poppins a few times, and that's it. And then I uh, I kind of, like, faded in and out of being awake for that... What's the, that that new one? The one that oh, came out in, like... Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I uh, I saw that in theaters for this podcast. I cried in the theater. Um, also, spoiler for this episode, I did tear up during this movie. Yeah, same. It's so like it's how uh, so the, so for those of you who don't know, this movie is about um, like the the real life story of how Walt Disney was trying to secure the rights to Mary Poppins from the author P.L. Travers, and P.L. Travers was like, "Nah, bish," and turns out uh, she had a hard childhood that I didn't know anything about, and that informed uh, the book and then subsequently the movie. Um, 
But yeah, I I am a huge Dick Van Dyke fan. I love Julie Andrews. Like, um, I also love this weird era for Disney because this is like a, a a lot of the same time period as those weird like live action movies that they were doing. Like, I don't know if either of you has, have seen Bedknobs and Broomsticks, but oh, it's like Mary Poppins, but like so all over the place like there's like a flying bed that a bunch of british kids are on the actor that plays mr banks is also in that except he's a little bit more fun loving in it do you know why he did that why he made all those live action movies uh because to quote mary poppins he felt a surge of deep satisfaction oh wow it's it's because the academy awards wouldn't give him best picture they oh they they would have for um Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, and you can actually see it in the background of one of the shots where it's uh, the Oscar and then seven tiny Oscars ne- next to it. Yeah, they made like a whole little diorama when, when Walt Disney won for Snow White. Yeah, <laughs> but they were like, we're not giving best picture to a to an animated picture. Never in our lifetimes. So he started making a bunch of uh, live action movies near the end of his life for that reason. Damn, Jimmy, thank you for coming in with research. Like, the, the only research that I had is, like, a little bit of background information and historical inaccuracies. Um, but, like, so for, for the two of you who don't, you know, for all intents and purposes, like, you know, Mary Poppins is Mary Poppins, but it's not, like, this big part of you. What, what was your kind of general vibe with this movie? Um, I, I, I was most interested in the Walt Disney aspect of it, because uh, I'm very interested in Walt Disney, the person. Uh, He was a very shrewd businessman, to say the least. Like, this movie does definitely paint a Disney-fied picture of Walt Disney. He was Mm -hmm. not like that at all. There's parts where he's like, Oh wow, that's a great song. I'll be singing it all week. The <laughs> real Walt like, Disney. Hello, Jewish person. Come on in. <laughs> oh, actually. Oh, here, here comes that Jim uh, 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 research he did. He was not anti-Semitic. Yes. Okay. So this was this was something that I did find out semi-recently. Like he was bigoted in other ways, but against Jews wasn't one of them. Yeah, he was. He was very. He, he gave to a lot of uh, uh, Jewish charities. He worked with a lot of Jewish people. And uh, every single Jewish person said, oh, yeah, he was never he never treated me any different. Like, it, it, he was just normal. The reason they said that was because of uh, he was such a hard ass that they were like, God, this guy's a Nazi. But it's just he was oh. he was just a dick to the animators and everyone he worked with. I had to really it. I had the realization that this is the first time I've ever like looked at Tom Hanks on screen and been like, I hate you. <laughs> I hate you, Tom Hanks. Like, I've never felt that before, so that was new. Honestly, uh, I he was still doing it for me. Like, I've I've accidentally been watching a lot of Tom Hanks movies in quarantine. It's just like he keeps showing up and I'm like, oh hey, it's Tom Hanks. And God, no matter what he does, I'm fully on board. Like I watched You've Got Mail where he's, you know, not a great person. He's not evil, but, like, he's kind of rude. But I'm like, you know what? I get your vibe. Same with I watched Castaway, and he's he's not bad, a bad person, but he's just kind of like a schlump. But I'm still like, you're great. And same with this. I'm like, uh, like it, we've especially seen this so much with 
the pandemic that Disney is not great at treating their workers. That's not a controversial statement, but but, like, I think, and I mean, Jimmy, after you saying that, and I'm sure Kai, you feel this to an extent too, that like, there still is just like this weird, deep mysticism and just appreciation for like, for all the bad things that Disney is and does, like, they're how they work like as a company and like all of the creative freedom that people are given like that still just like makes me feel excited and especially like when they show the sherman brothers and when they're walking around disneyland and i've, I've watched the the whole in imagineers seven part special on disney plus and like i'm all in on it it's to me it's like did you watch the uh the michael jordan documentary the last dance on uh uh netflix either no no okay okay well did i watch a basketball (laughs) (laughs) documentary? honestly it's really really good and everyone should watch it but it it it, disney has that feeling of he was the best at something he had the best product animation production company and it was because he had that mentality of being the best and being just getting bigger and bigger of course is how monopolies happen and it also is a capitalist attitude if you're into that Uh, but it's just a very, it's a very Michael Jordan type, uh, attitude because Michael Jordan, the reason the Chicago Bulls were so great was because they had Michael Jordan and he wasn't going to let anyone be worse than him. Everyone had to be as good as Michael Jordan and work as hard as him, which is what Walt Disney did. That's where I'm connecting it. Got it. Yeah, that was a good connection. And now I don't have to watch that special because you, <laughs> you basically summarized it. I'll just watch Space Jam. Uh, Thanks, Jim. <laughs> I'm telling you, you gotta watch. The, you gotta watch it. It's really good. I think as long as Walt promises something to his daughters, he's just gonna do it. So that, I mean, that's a, a sure, like I would just do that every time I wanted to accomplish something. I'd be like, Hey, girls, I promise. All right. <laughs> See you later. So it's funny that we're talking about this of like this 20 year promise that Walt gave. And uh, I couldn't, I wasn't sure quite about the validity of that. But um, Jimmy, you were talking earlier about um, how this coats Disney in a really nice light. It's a Disney movie technically, but this was actually an independent movie for a while. And then Disney bought like the distribution deal. And then I'm sure that there was some like last minute adjustments and rewrites and things. But that's like the. That's another aspect of this that I thought was really interesting while watching it. Because, like, you know, it shows, like, you can see that even though everybody loves working at Disney, like, um, these people are work really, they are worked super hard. Like, these people are scared of Walt to an extent. They're like, do not call him Mr. Disney. Call him Walt. Like, people are kind of on their toes when they're around him. And, like, you get this kind of, like, you see Walt through P.L. Travers's eyes at some point of just seeing everybody being like, oh my God, it's Disney, it's Disney. And she's like, who the bugger cares? <laughs> <laughs> he, um, they, they actually did a thing. It, it was like one of those fun facts that they throw into movies. As Jason Manzoukas once said, it's like, uh, it's like a listicle wrote a movie because <laughs> once in a while they do this with, those kind of th- with these kind of movies with biopics where they just throw in little facts. And you're like, all right, we get it. You read a fact about him. Uh, they called the animators. They would hear him coughing uh, before he would come into the room because he had lung cancer. Um, and spoiler. was he? <laughs> he doesn't die in the movie. It's a spoiler uh, for many people, though. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Thanks, Jim. Um, but they would hear him coughing, and then someone would say, oh, uh, "Man in the Forest," which is from uh, 
Bambi, which was their way of being like, all right, guys, we have to pretend like we're working. Fascinating. Again. Damn. And working from home, we all do that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just go around coughing around my apartment and yeah. hope that... Oh, it's, it sucks. You can't cough anywhere anymore. Everybody just looks <laughs> at you, and it's really rude. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I... I God, I don't know why I'm having such a weird time this this evening. I think like because you two were the first people that I've really talked to all day, so I think I'm just like bouncing off the walls. This is also like we're recording this the night before Biden's inauguration, so like there's this weird energy in the air. It's almost like pixie dust and fairies. <laughs> wow. Oh no, Treasury Secretary Mary Poppins. <laughs> Labor. Secretary Bert the Chimney Sweep? I'm done. I'm done with this bit. <laughs> uh, speaking of Bert the Chimney Sweep. Yes. I love Dick Van Dyke. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It just he's a he's a delight. He's like 95 now, and he just like he'll show up in a restaurant and then he'll like sing uh chitty chitty bang bang, and everyone will be like, This was a miracle, and he'd be like, Yes. I'm so happy for all of you. Goodbye. He, he and then dances he flies away. Everywhere. Like you see videos where he's like, Hello, I'm going into this deli and he's like, ha cha 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 that's how you make uh PL Travers a villain in this movie is that she just goes like who nobody likes Dick Van Dyke or like he's so wrong for this. He sucks. <laughs> I'm a little upset that I never got to see like see her like nasty I am or something like that. Like I wanted to see them cross paths at least once in this film, but didn't didn't she at the uh, at the end at the red carpet? Didn't she like I, see him? I don't think so. I don't remember seeing him or like see, like there was somebody dressed up like into the entrance of the theater that was like dressed in like that uh, like candy pinstripe outfit that he wears when he's dancing with the penguins. I don't know. I couldn't tell. I w- I also kind of assumed uh, that she didn't like Dick Van Dyke because he was. Because her father was an alcoholic, and he was also at that point a uh, a big time alcoholic. That's right. He he also fun fact about Dick Van Dyke, and welcome to the Dick Cast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dick Van Dyke. Uh, I found out that uh, in his early to mid thirties, he was diagnosed with arthritis. Like his doctor told him <sighs> that he basically had arthritis in his entire body. So like that's kind of how he kind of got that whole energy of like i'm gonna dance everywhere because who knows how long and dude's 95 like he said jimmy and he's just like dancing hot cha everywhere doing somersaults and stuff he is he's a miracle of a man he arthritis since he was uh 30 uh uh, alcoholic for i think it was like 15 20 years and and it's still dancing around at 95 speaking of disney and dick van dyke uh he was a consultant on wandavision he didn't understand what the like any Marvel stuff was. He was just like, "Oh, that's very nice," and he was just <laughs> like, he helped them write like the first episode, which is very much like an homage to the Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah, he wrote he wrote for that. Uh, he wrote for his own show, him and Carl Reiner. Yes. Oh my God, are we about? Okay, we don't need to talk about the Dick Van Dyke show because that is so. <laughs> neat. Well, I well it is niche, but I will say, do you, either one of you? remember an episode with like walnuts being and like really being like terrified of the dick van dyke show or yeah there was like a scary one with like a closet full of walnuts 
I don't know why. I, I remember don't this. remember that one. I remember the one where his son Richie brings home a duck, and he, <laughs> he becomes attached to the duck. And the episode's called "Never Name a Duck" because once Richie named the duck, he became attached to it. And then uh, Dick Van Dyke was like, "We have to get rid of this duck." And then uh, uh, Mary Tyler Moore was like, "Oh, Rob," or whatever. Uh, <laughs> And then he falls over an uh, uh, ottoman. We've all yeah. seen every episode. Of Wait, Dick hold on. Wait, real quick. <laughs> Everyone speaking knows. Of the, uh, speaking of the ottoman, did you know that when the Dick Van Dyke show was on, people like, you know, because they had TVs and bars or whatever still, like people would bet like whether Dick Van Dyke in the that particular episode's opening credits, if he was going to trip over the ottoman or not. Because some episodes he did, but some episodes he uh, deftly jumped to the side. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. Also, I, I, watch the I Dick love- Van Dyke show if you have. It's like, it surprisingly really holds up. If I was on set, I would like set traps on him all the time to like, <laughs> even when, he, yeah, like, even if he thought he got it, like, he'd just be like, nope, just kidding. Dick Van Dyke uh, in a Saw movie. <laughs> I'd like to play a game. Oh, no. <laughs> he just moves out of the way of an ottoman, and then there's a couch there, and he chips over that. Yeah. Laura, there's a key behind my eye. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so this, this movie, um, I will say also, like, I gotta stop saying I will say. I'm dri- I drive myself crazy when I edit this podcast and I hear myself say that all the time. <laughs> but this movie is pretty like funny. Um because they make Peel Travers almost like a cartoonish villain at the beginning. Like they give her this big Cruella Deville energy, which I love. Like um she's on the flight to the United States to meet with Walt and um she sees that a uh, like a baby is on the flight, and she asks the mother, "Will the child be a nuisance? It's an eleven-hour flight," <laughs> and I just love that. I, she also said, oh, "I'm sorry, go ahead, Joe." No, no, go ahead. I, my my point will go off. She also said one of my favorite lines, which is, "I hope we crash." I yes. was like, when you said that this was an adult, like an adult movie, for that's when it became an adult movie for me. I was like, okay, this, yeah, this <laughs> that's an a- epic thing to say to, for a kids' movie. <laughs> That's a pre-9-11 thing that you say on planes. They used to say it all the time in the 1960s. <laughs> I hope we crash. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize, but Mary Poppins was made in a pre-9-11 world. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Um, well, okay, yeah, that, that's not, that line was definitely a real kickoff of like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is not a kid's movie. Um, but, uh, like, I thought this was a family movie because... I remember my friend and his family going to see it in like when we were in high school and I thought like, okay, that probably means that it like a kid friendly biopic, but then like everybody's smoking. Um, the, uh, PL Travers, uh, driver gives a really long monologue about his daughter, which, Ooh, that was, I didn't, that wasn't a part where I teared up, but I was close. It was a good one. Um, um, but yeah, I, I at one point wrote suicide equals Ross uh, equals a kid's movie in Ross's mind. <laughs> yep. I mean, how many Pixar movies involve the grisly death of a parent? Grizzly? Is that like mandatory? <laughs> uh, usually they're just missing. Like Finding Nemo. Okay. It starts with his all of his brothers and sisters getting eaten and then he gets scratched or whatever i don't know exactly how his egg got cracked are you saying you'd be traumatized by that 
I mean, not me, but <laughs> I can imagine. Once again, Ross, I'm saying grizzly, question mark. <laughs> oh, I guess not grizzly because bears can't go underwater. Um, I guess guppy, a guppy. Mer- <laughs> guppy uh, it was a barracuda. P.L. Travers also, she gets to, like, it's very funny how grumpy she is. Like, it's... Uh, I just love that. Like it's very much like the uh, the the old man in Up, like how he's just kind of bah humbug about everything. So she gets to her uh, up her hotel where she's staying, and it is filled to the brim with Disney junk. Like even me, like a big fan of Disney. I was talking uh, to my boyfriend about how I want to go to Disney World, and he was like, "Okay," but l- not even to that extent. But it w- it did piss me off when she hid all of the popcorn she was like i don't need this this is children's food or whatever i think it was rude i think one of the interesting things that uh for me was actually all of the uh toys being like cloth and handmade kind of or wool or whatever well, it, it i think they really worked to make that stuff look accurate because they showed um towards the end of the movie uh like a, a Mickey mascot, you know, that you would see around yeah. the park. And it was the older style. Don't ask me how I know what they lo- used to look like, but if you Google, like, Disneyland opening, these mascot heads were so terrifying, like, really just unnerving. Like, they didn't really look like Mickey did in the cartoon. They were just like, this is just a rat. And that's kind of <laughs> what all of these look Close like. enough. They it's have- a rat. It's got red pants on. It's fine. <laughs> Get out there. <laughs> yeah, red mouse pants over here. <laughs> you love him. Uh, but also this cast besides... So Emma Thompson is P.L. Travers. Tom Hanks is Walt Disney. We talked about that. But this cast is stacked with some of my favorite boys. We got Jason Schwartzman, B.J. Novak, Paul Giamatti, Bradley Whitford. You got everybody you could ever want that are just like pleasant men <laughs> that are trying to sing songs to Walt Disney and P.L. Travers. I, I did love Jason Schwartzman and B.J. Novak as the Sherman brothers. They were so good. Although there was that listicle thing again where uh, uh, B.J. Novak got shot in the leg and he like hobbles out and they go, he got shot. And I'm like, did a realistical write this? Like, what, <laughs> this doesn't uh, tr- contribute to the uh, to the movie. You could have just had him limping around. I would have been like, yes, accurate to him. Yeah, um, but I I also was very just charmed by that whole sequence because it's very cute. Uh, all the just the Sherman brothers in general, like how they wrote all of these hits for Disney, and it is true the uh, that. Uh, Disney did kind of become obsessed with a lot of their songs. Um, I watched this weird show on uh, Disney Plus that I don't necessarily recommend called Prop Culture. Mm. Where it's just like, this just like, just one of those like film guys that just goes around and he's like, oh my God, can you believe that that's like the building that they used in the movie? <laughs> like that's the entire <laughs> show. Wow. He just goes, wow. Honestly. <laughs> And then I watched the Mary Poppins episode and I watched the Muppets episode and both of them. He's just like, wow. I mean, the stories that this thing could tell, like, cause the, he, (laughs) he, he talks to one of the Sherman brothers in like, uh, they've kind of preserved Walt Disney's office and you can just kind of like walk through it and there's a piano there. And so 
the surviving Sherman brother, I don't know, one of them, whatever his name is. Uh, BJ Novak. Ryan from The yeah. Office. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Sherman um, is, like plays a Mary Poppins song, but Walt was obsessed with Feed the Birds in particular. He Every time he saw them, he was like, can you play Feed the Bird? I'm not going to try to do a Walt Disney impression. I don't no. know what he sounds like. Uh, but it's... I just love them. And I mean, really just all of the, this kind of like excitement of early days, Disneyland, it, it just made me feel really nostalgic. And I, I don't re I, I've been kind of turning off the nostalgic switch for this podcast. Cause I just have watched and done so many episodes at this point, but like, are, are either of you like Disneyland heads or Disney world people or, uh, I, I've been a bunch of times. I'm very, I'm definitely fascinated by it, but I couldn't call myself that considering how much I know that other people are obsessed with it. Like I, I'm a little bit of a fan, just not as much. I don't know why, but I, I pegged you both as like, uh, like theme park people. I, I don't know why. Oh, okay. Kai, you are a theme park person. Not like a theme. I don't know. Yes and no. More amusement park person. Okay. Uh, like my family used what's, to go on road trips. What's the difference? Jimmy, right. there is a difference. <laughs> there is a difference. Because some places, difference? I mean, okay. So, well, some places just have like, uh, like Six Flags in New England. What is it? Is it Looney Tunes? Is it is it superheroes? Which one is it going to be? I guess it's both. Like, what's your theme? You know, some people don't stick to it. Then it's like pirates and you're like, all right, sure. Um, For Six Flags New England, do they say park the car in King Ka? I'm not even going to respond to you. <laughs> That's only a great adventure. That's one of the only polls that I can do for Six Flags. Just give me this one, please. No, you can uh, have this. <laughs> Two but yeah, so, no, Kai's right. So a, a theme park uh, has like a lot of like immersive stuff, and there's like all this like theming and all these big buildings and stuff, and then an amusement park... Like, I kind of equate it more to, like, a almost a county fair, but it's more just like, here are rides that you can go on, and here's a corn dog. Enjoy. Go <laughs> right, away. This, wait, wait, this wait. This was made way long ago. You can die on it. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Six Flags would be an amusement park, right? Yes. Am I getting that right? And then, like, Dutch Wonderland would be a theme park, where the yeah. theme is it's Dutch or something. I don't know. There's a house that's upside down. I went there one time, and some and someone said the water is wet when we were at the uh, log flume. That's all I remember. Yeah, and don't get into water being wet right now. <laughs> yeah, and interestingly, you know, we're in uh, Pennsylvania, home of Hershey Park, which I feel like straddles the line because it is just barely a theme park. Because it's just like the theme park is, hey, you you guys like chocolate? <laughs> That's it. And you, I, uh, one of my favorites. One of my favorite stories happened at a Hershey Park where uh, my ex used to go there with her family every year. And they would every year go on the uh, the tour of the factory, uh, whatever yes. it was. And it was just the history of Hershey. And at one point, uh, they do, um, they say, and Mr. Hershey owned an elephant. And does anyone know the name of that elephant? And then her brother goes very confidently, his name was Peanut. And then <laughs> and then the voice goes, that's correct. His name was Coco. <laughs> I love uh, uh I love that uh the factory tour because first of all it's it's free. It's like outside of the park so you could technically go there and then just go home. Um and they always give you a little uh little piece of chocolate or if you're like me 
they'll invite you to do a taste test of a new candy. Whoa. 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 Wowee. Okay, lower your expectations like a good amount. So uh, I, I think the last time I went to Hershey Park, I'm, I think I was 14 years old. It, it's not <laughs> like a, let's, we got to go back to Hershey Park. But yeah. they um, asked us to taste test um, what was then very new, and I wasn't even sure if it was released yet, like chewable Jolly Ranchers. And like it's Ugh. basically, it was basically Laffy Taffy, but like it didn't hurt your jaw as much. And like we nice. got to fill out the little paper, and then we got to go. And then I think my friend and I went back on the factory tour because there's a part where cows sing, and it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to get back for that. There is a part where cows sing. Uh, I mean, Jolly yeah. Ranchers suck. What? What? Ugh! I don't want that. <laughs> no hot that, take, everyone. <laughs> I don't think that's a hot take. You're just like it's. Jolly Ranchers are like worthless fruit gum. You're just like, the fuck am I even doing with this? The, my, the feeling of a Jolly Rancher in my fa- mouth is like... <laughs> every time. I don't like it. And then it's like that for hours. And I'm like... Please please loop that sound for like <laughs> at least another 60 seconds. <laughs> yeah, um, it was hey, good. It was o- Only because I know Jim's going to hate this. Uh, Ross, I'm sorry if you do too. Uh, Jim, what are, what are chocolate's pronouns? Oh, I know. I... It's oh. her and she. Okay. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I shit you not. I I told that joke at an open mic once. After while my set was going great beforehand, <laughs> and then I told that joke, everybody was angry when I said that. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> and I just I, made a lot of people angry on your podcast, undoubtedly. <laughs> and you know what? I'll say it. I stand by it. I think that is a solid joke. It's not mean. It's it's just. That is, those are words that when you put them together, say a name. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it, it's a technically good joke. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jim. You're correct. <laughs> and I guess you could say that this is a technically good movie. I will say. So <laughs> I just remember that we were talking about uh, saving Mr. Banks. So uh, we've kind of talked a lot about how it's a biopic, and I will say. God damn it! Stop saying I will say, Ross. Or I need to start shocking myself with a stun gun when I say I will. Well, say. no, you want to give that to your 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 guests so they can do it for you. Smart. So yeah. we get shocked. <laughs> no, like, like that episode of Cheers where Cliff uh, is trying to shock himself away from being annoying. And yeah, then... you see, I'm trying to churn myself so that way I don't hurt. It. I don't know. I... Yeah, that was Peter Griffin. Uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly, Cliff Clavin. <laughs> I met John Ratzenberger. How dare you? Uh, Hold on. <laughs> Do tell. It's actually interesting. So he He's like, sh- oh, are you a Republican? See? <laughs> <laughs> no, Peter. Uh, no, he, uh, he had a show called Made in America with John Ratzenberger. It was on the Travel Channel a long time ago. And he just went to like small towns. Uh, and he went to my town to shoot a spot. Um, and it was just him at a baseball game. My sister was actually playing baseball in the background with my neighbor across the street. Uh, so they're in the episode. Um, and then he's just like, it, just talking like, baseball's a good place to be. Now I'm Peter Griffin. Did he lean down and he was like, you know, I'm in every Pixar movie. <laughs> but at one point he was like, all right, let's shoot a, a TV spot where we say Made in America with John Ratzenberger. And if you watch that, which you can't anymore because they're gone, I'm, I'm standing right behind him with my eyes like right, <laughs> right over his shoulders. I love that. That's so fun. 
So, wow. Uh, I'm talking to f- a famous person, basically, right now. Um, but, but, yeah, so I think uh, this movie, even though it's a biopic, it doesn't... it It's over the top, but it's not this, like, insane thing. Like, it doesn't show that Walt Disney and P.L. Travers are these perfect people. And I think that's one thing that I really appreciate about it. One thing that I, that this movie is feels weird about is all of the uh, flashback sequences with P.L. Travers's dad. It is so melodramatic over the top. And I don't, I don't deny that she, that it, she clearly had a tough childhood, but it is like her dad is like the teacher from Goodwill hunting or from like dead poet society. It's, like very much just like I couldn't work at the bank when it's sunny out, and it's like, yeah. dude, this is the theme of the movie. Uh, <laughs> it it when, was also shot like uh, everyone was dressed like a painting from 1906. Every <laughs> single person looked like they were came out of a painting. I was like, no one, no one dressed like that in real life. Like just walking down the street, this was like, oh, it's a special occasion. I'll shave my must. I'll shave my beard into mutton chops and put on my nice top hat. Um, yeah, they, they used the same wardrobe from Back to the Future 3. Nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, it, 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 I, I was like, this feels like, it, it feels like Saving Mr. Banks was made in 2013 and this was made in 2003, right? Like at the same yeah. time as like The Notebook. That's a really good point. And I also couldn't figure out what the dad's deal was. Mr. Travers, a.k.a. Mr. Goff. Um, Because they were like, oh, he's an alcoholic. But then he also coughed blood. And I couldn't figure out what was happening with that. And I think he just had general sick disease. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, he's got gonna die soon disease. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, we've taken him to the doctor. And the doctor just leaned over and went, oh, he's gonna die. (laughs) <laughs> well, oh, dude, dude's give looking real bad. <laughs> I I didn't like that Auntie Poppins. Um, I don't know what was what do we call her? Um, oh, the horse or whatever. The horse. No, her her what? her aunt. In no, when she was a kid, her aunt when her dad died, she's Who just becomes like the inspiration. Yeah, yeah, for Mary Poppins. Yeah, yes. yeah. But um, earlier he refers to the horse as her, her uncle. Oh, right on. And then he also refers to, I think it was like a frog. Uh, yeah, he's like, you're scary aunt. And it's like, dude, chill out. <laughs> and then she comes in and she's like, hey, I'm here to save your family. Yeah. And then we all turn to the camera and we're like, oh. <laughs> It'd be funny uh, if her name was like Dairy Gloppin. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say she's wearing a shirt that says like Nary Boppins and uh, like <laughs> the letters all fall apart. So it says Mary Poppins. <laughs> Wait, sorry, Kai, what were you about to say? So, uh, Neri Boppins is just like, yeah, uh, down the, down the hall to the right, it's just your dad, dead eyes, like, open, <laughs> like, yeah, so, sure, she just encourages, like, yeah, 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 oh, your dad's dead, yeah, no, let her go, and I, I, I was like, cl- like, at least put the eyes down, like, I feel like that's a, that's a considerate thing that's to like do. That's like the thing you do, everybody right. does that, like, in every movie that I've ever seen. He also has the weirdest line that I've ever heard in a movie ever, um, he's shaving, and uh, ba- like a young PL is like, oh, come on, stop doing that. We want to play. And he says, do you prefer scratchy kisses or silky ones? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was very disturbed at that part because I was like, is he hitting on his own daughter? I feel very weird about this line. And sure, it was the turn of the century. And like, he's clearly a great dad. But just like, that's weird. Don't call them silky. <laughs> like, dude, we get it. You're good at shaving. Calm down. Well, that's when I broke out of it. And I was like, Colin Farrell, stop being creepy. Like, I got mad at Colin Farrell more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, they immediately got in a horse and then like, romantically uh fled away and i was like i don't like this i don't like the way this is shot no and then it goes super dark and you see pl travers's mom attempt suicide like by walking into a lake and i had just like i had watched a haunting a bly manor recently and that's a whole thing is that the evil spirit walks into the river and i was like "Uh uh-oh i don't think these two are related and this is Again, this is not a kid's movie, oops. <laughs> like so, Godzilla? Basically. Yeah. I'm a geek and found out that that kind of like that whole scene is like in terms of her real life. Her mom did have uh, like attempt to drown herself, but like didn't really come back from it. There wasn't like a re- like a really like she was it was not a good experience. And yeah, it stayed I mean, that way for her. I couldn't imagine you're being like, oh, man, that was a weird night. Anyway. Yeah. From from the sense of it, this whole every like everything about this movie was a little bit more uh, darker, and she was a little bit more I her being like I hate this I hate this way more than they made me look like I like it in this movie. Yeah. Um. And and if it sounds like we're trying to like make light of it, it's more like I at least me personally I'm like joking more at just like how like stark this happens because like you have this like you know grumpier uh, P.L. Travers as an adult that's like I don't like this you don't understand my characters and then flashes back to like the most melodramatic thing I've ever seen and like it's it's very stark and then uh, Jimmy I just remembered one other like clickbait moment in this movie is uh, Walt Disney orders his signature beverage the Scotch Mist which if you don't know it is ice scotch and a lemon twist and that's oh. like his drink, and everybody orders it at Disneyland, and then you're like, "This isn't that good. It's just no. scotch." You know, it was speaking of drinks. You know, it was kind of disgusting at the end of the movie when she was like, uh, "Pour me a cup of tea in my own house, please, Mister Walt Disney." And he pours the milk in first, and then he's like, "All right, you want some sugar too?" And she's like, "No, whiskey." She just put whiskey and milk together, like it's like eggnog, basically. Oh, I don't like it. I don't like uh, it. I'm trying to think I've done that. My yeah, boy, I've definitely my had like a whiskey mudslide before. I'm Ooh, sorry, that go sounds ahead. good. No, I was just gonna say my boyfriend loves. This is gonna sound weird, but like milk, milky cocktails, <laughs> like, <laughs> like like white Russians. Yeah, like white Russians. Yeah. Like he, one of his go-to mixers because he has a lot of like these de- like darker alcohols is like almond milk and like a little like chocolate liqueur or something like that, and it's just like very rich and creamy. And I can't do it because my body will go. But yes, same. Uh, but like there is a market for it. Um, and then uh, so I uh, I was hinting at it before the moment. And I don't know if either of you got emotional in this movie at all, because but I have I have a lot more of an attachment to Mary Poppins. And I did tear up um, when they sing her Let's Go Fly a Kite for the first time. And she's like enjoying herself for the first time. And yeah. God, like and I know it's like this little like insidious thing of like, see like uh, Walt Disney pictures, like they make dreams come true and it's all about (laughs) magic. But like, God, you cannot deny how good that song is. And especially like when 
it gives you a deeper appreciation for Mary Poppins as a whole because you realize, like, yeah, like the uh, Mr. Banks is a cartoonish man, but he's he's not the villain in the movie. He's not this like evil guy that hates fun. Like he has to like be a father, and he has to make money, and he has to make these hard decisions. And I just really appreciated that part, especially when you see PL watching the movie uh, at the end. I think um, one of the things that hit me a little bit hard there too was I, I also teared up at that part. Yeah. Was I forgot that song was in Mary Poppins. Like I completely forgot about that because I hadn't seen Mary Poppins since I was like four. And then all of a sudden I was hit with the song I hadn't hit I haven't heard since I was a little kid. And it's all about parents making tough decision. And this movie reminds me of my mother. So I'm just like, oh no, uh, <laughs> everything's coming out of me. Oh my god. Well, there, there's a song in Mary Poppins Returns that is so sad and melancholy. I was I was truly crying in the theater. It's called The Place Where the Lost Things Go. And it's just like a song. It's basically about like when people die, like they're gone, but you remember them. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, guys, mm-hmm. can we not do this here? It's so real. Yeah. What about you? They cut me deep did in- you cry because your name is with Kai? Yeah. <laughs> no, I... I did. Uh, yeah, that got me in generally because like, you know, I think I've definitely been in that mood where I'm just like bitter, but also tapping along to music. Like somebody was, I was like, yeah, fuck it. You're right. This is a good song. Um, and then you do a dance with, and then you dance the, and you get with up. the yeah. makers of the song. We've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that definitely got me. Um, yeah. Yeah, that unfortunately I, not true, but still. <laughs> yeah, she liked a different song. Yeah. No, she. I think I think Feed the Birds was the because I, I think like everybody was like, yeah, Feed the Birds is good because at least the movie insinuated like that was finally something a little bit melancholy and a little bit darker that she was looking for. Um, but uh, completely false is that she was like moved by the movie when she saw it at the premiere. She was like not happy the whole time when she left the screening. She went up to Walt Disney and said, "Like obviously we have to take out all that animation. Like you'll do that, right?" And he's like, "No, it, this is a done deal." Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and also just in terms of biopic accurateness, um, Walt Disney and Peel Travers barely interacted these two weeks. Like he was on vacation for a lot of it, so a lot of these conversations were from letters. Um, he also saw her the first day, and it was like, "Well, I don't want to ever work with that woman again." And he and he and he sicked her on the the Sherman Brothers. Was like, "All right, check you later." And he's like, "I'm gonna go PL travel somewhere else." Oh. I hate that just as much as the Hershey joke, oh, <laughs> which means I love it. Yay! But uh, I will say, God damn it, um, <laughs> I'm not even trying. It just it it's an easy thing to no, say. No, just lean into it, Ross. It's, just it's like, like, welcome to Weasel. <laughs> weasel. No, <go> it's <laughs> okay. I sometimes go. Well, I was gonna say when someone like says something different. I don't you, know. You have to learn your podcast catchphrases and just kind of roll yeah. with it. Uh, and I'm gonna. You'll see shirts soon that say "I will say." Um, but uh, throughout the years, P.L. Trevor's <sighs> did watch uh, Mary Poppins several times, and like she did enjoy some parts of it. I think as she grew up, um, she just kind of accepted that this was the movie that happened. And I feel like it was similar to uh, Stephen King with The Shining that you can hate the movie for being an unfaithful adaptation to your book, but after a certain amount of time, you can try to be 
uh, appreciative just like okay i like what this is as just a separate piece of media yeah which i i i also read that she felt that way in the 70s so it took her like 15 years before she got around to it but she um someone made a point where it was like um it got taken away from her almost in the public's eye. Like before the Disney movie, it was PL Travers, uh, Mary Poppins. Now it's Disney's Mary Poppins. You don't think about PL Travers until Saving Mr. Panks comes into play. But like with other things, you think of like Lord of the Rings, it's a book and also a bunch of movies. Right. That's a really good point. And, uh, you know, we already talked about Disneyland and Disney World, but it's one of the weirdly one of the most popular movies that doesn't have a ride. Oh no. Oh, wow. It used it, to, there used to be a section of the great movie ride in MGM Studios, but um you can look into it. They tried to build a Mary Poppins ride and it was this whole fantastical thing of like going through the painting and like flying through the air and they were just like, nah, it's expensive and it's the eighties so no one cares anymore. <laughs> and then they just did a bunch of Coke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. uh, Side point, uh, my dad hates the the movie ride because... Well, it's gone forever, so congrats oh, to your is dad. It? Yeah, oh, he, he took them down. Hello, Bob Iker? I think he's who owns it now. Anyway, he, yes. um, he uh, hates it because of the line. Because you stand, there's a line coming outside, and you look at it and you go, oh, that's not that long a line. I can go in that line. And then you go in through a door... And then it's this big room with like memorabilia and things uh, things from all the movies, and you just go around snaking around that. But he's like, "Oh God, a bigger room uh, with a bigger line." I didn't know I was signed up for this. Well, it's only to the other side of the room. Let's go into that. And then you get to the other side of the room, and it's literally in a huge movie theater where the line goes back and forth like ten times, and oh, you yeah. have to wait in that for a half hour. <laughs> No. Wait, a half hour is pretty good for Disney. Like, people will wait in line for three hours sometimes for a ride. I waited in line for a little over an hour to go on the um, Hogwarts Forbidden Journey ride at Universal. And same thing. It's like you get to us. You're like, okay, the rooms, the end of the room is there. Cool. We're getting closer. And then there's like, oh, no, three more corridors and stuff. Yeah. Although... (laughs) <laughs> you got to think about it, though, is you got to wait a half hour to go on the movie ride where you sit there and there's a guy and he's like, look, aliens. Boom. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Line, look, aliens. Uh, <laughs> do, do you guys have any do you two have any final thoughts before we uh, rate this movie? Because we've kind of touched on everything, although we took a very circuitous route to kind of talk about the plot. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like I said a podcast. Yeah, I, yeah I, when I was on Rotten Treasure, that was definitely the case. Yeah, <laughs> that's how that works. <laughs> um, I, the only other, the, there was a joke I really liked, which was when they, they said some line and she was like, that's not a word. And they go, yes. oh, we made it up. And she, she goes, unmake it up. And then they hide supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. That's like a trailer joke, but it's it's good. Yes. That's a good oh. one. I think it was like splendiferous or something like that. Something along those lines. So the thing that I was going to bring up 
was exactly what Jim brought up. Whoa. Oh, I can, <laughs> hang on. Uh, I have another note I can give you, and you can say it instead of me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Jim, yeah. Do your best Kai impression. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Jim, just... Come on. One. You can do it. Okay. Uh, trains are cool. That's... Wow. I don't know. I say that all the time. No. <laughs> Classic Kai, am I right? <laughs> it was, I don't know where I was at. Where It just said, planes in the 60s were so unsafe. And then right after it says, just says, trains are cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kai, just say, uh, uh, I like these jazz covers of Disney songs. I, I like these jazz covers of, of, of Disney songs. Astute observation, Kai. Thank I you for that. I did too, Kai. Yeah. They're really good, right? Yeah. Um, I also, I, we, there's not a whole lot to talk about it, but I did touch on uh, Paul Giamatti being uh, P.L. Travers' driver. Uh, and he doesn't exist like he's just an amalgam of other employees uh on the disney lot but he was great and it was like this i i had a big shit eating grin when she got off the plane for the premiere and he he showed up at the hotel saying i thought you might need a ride (laughs) yeah (laughs) no it was super it was super sweet and i love it when she goes you're the only american i've ever liked and he goes may i ask why and she goes no yes that was very good (laughs) no you may not um, I, I wrote down when we first saw him. I wrote Paul, but Paul Giamatti better be in this whole movie. <laughs> uh, and luckily he was. Um, but now is the part of the podcast where we uh, rate everything. Uh, uh, Kai, you've been on, uh, but Jim, uh, we rate everything on a scale from zero to five. You can be as minute and specific with that number and why you chose it. But um, I, I guess, uh, Jim, let's start with you. What, what would you rate uh, Saving Mr. Banks? So on IMDb, I gave this an 8 out of 10, which would reduce to 4 out of 5, but that's a little too high for my taste. So I'm going to reduce that slightly more to about 3.5, Okay. There. That's wow. my final offer. <laughs> Accepted. <laughs> uh, what about you, Kai? So I'm sticking to what I had, uh, 3.2. That's that's what I had in my head before you said anything. I'm going to stick with it. I, I respect that. That's actually a thing that I've been doing for a while now with the podcast. Like, I have to write down my number before we start because I will be swayed by the guests and I don't want to be. Nope. I'm, I'm weighing that. I'm putting this real high up in my eyes. I'm giving this uh, a 4.263. Ooh. Can I tell you something? Yes. My mine would be about that high if it was just the parts from the 60s. The only reason I went lower than four is because um, of the parts from 1906. Yeah. You, just, you hate Colin Farrell? You just have a, a disdain for him? That was the melodrama, but yeah. It, Look, I, there I was like nothing Colin mellow Farrell. about that drama. Oh, <laughs> nope. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I... The the 60s part, yeah, I'd give that a 4.26. I think that's what you said. Mm-hmm. But the other parts, I'm like, that's a three. And then I, it rolls back. I totally respect that. I think, like, for me, I definitely took off points because of the flashbacks. Just because, yeah, in my head, they were pretty uh, over the top. But I think, uh, and it might have been just because of the mood I was in when I watched. But this movie, like, really just kind of, like hit me right where I needed it. Like this, uh, we're recording this, like I said, right before uh, Biden's inauguration, these past two weeks have been really 
stressful and tough. And yeah. like this movie, and especially like this era of Disney, the like Mary Poppins and all of these kind of now modern classics, they just like really really hit in a nice way they kind of help you remember that like you know growing up doesn't have to be growing old or growing old doesn't have to mean growing up and that kind of thing uh and i'm not trying to sway you a guy uh any of you but uh those are my thoughts but crunching the numbers collectively we're giving saving mr banks a score of 3.721 which oh i was I so close <laughs> You did great, Jim. But that puts it right below the Disney Channel original movie Smart House and right above The Goonies. Wow. Wow. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Weird spot, I, but also don't disagree with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with uh, Smart House being right next to this. This actually makes sense for my brain. Yeah, wait, that works. Wait, was Smart House better or worse than this? I, I Better. By, oh. by, like, I think a hundredth. Okay, that's... <laughs> Oh, That's man. exactly how much I would say it's better. Actually, God, it's imagine so weird if that you Pat say that. was in this movie. God, that would have been crazy. <laughs> uh, okay, thank thank <laughs> you so much for coming on. This was I, this was a long time coming, but um, tell everybody about your your really fun podcast. You want me to tell everybody, Jim? Yes, I wanted you to do it. Cool. So Jim and I have a, a podcast called Rotten Treasure. Um, or Rotten Treasures, depending on what day. Sometimes we <laughs> accidentally call it that. <laughs> it happens all the time on our podcast. Uh, but yeah, so we loosely talk about uh, <laughs> movie franchises. Each episode, uh, we go uh, through a journey. Uh, we recently just got through the Tremors franchise. Uh, just discussing with uh, friends of ours, special guests we'll have on. Ross has been one. Please come and hear Ross talk about Home Alone uh, 4. What was yeah, the Holiday Home Heist? Alone 4. Some I don't remember the subtitle, but it was garbage. oh breaking down the house. No, that's bringing back the house, no, no, bra- taking no, no, back no. the house. Bringing down the house is that weird uh, uh, Steve Martin Queen Latifah movie. I think yes, I saw uh, that. Sis- I saw that in theaters. <laughs> I think we talked about. <laughs> we talked my, about it. <laughs> my sister crap. loves that movie. <laughs> if you want to hear us talk about that and much more, yeah, check out Rotten Treasure um, on all the podcast apps. You can uh, hear us kind of just trail off and talk about whatever we want in between talking about movies. Basically like this and every other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, except we bring it back to the movie a little bit less. We we've got <laughs> we got the note one time of stop talking about the movie. I don't care about Tremors 5. That's yeah, a they good just... point. I have no reference to anything in the Tremors franchise. <laughs> Well, you should you come, listen to. You should watch all of them and then listen to our podcast. No thanks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you, thank you too so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Um, and as always, you know, follow us. Blah blah blah. Please rate and review us because it helps us with the ratings. And we will hear you in a fortnight. And go go gadget and show.